Our movie this week is Fletch, released May 31st, 1985 and starring Chevy Chase, Joe Don Baker, Dana Wheeler-Nicholson, the great Tim Mathewson, and George Went. Erwin M. Fletch Fletcher is a newspaper reporter being offered a large sum to off a cancerous millionaire. But he's on the run, risking his job and finding clues when it's clear that the man is actually healthy. Fletch becomes suspicious when he discovers that man is not ill. When he continues to investigate, his life is threatened and hilarity ensues. <laughs> right? So, without doubt, Fletch is faced with many challenging situations, such as a killer guard dog, a hapless divorce attorney trying to collect alimony, and a jelly fingered doctor's prostate exam, all while pretending to be someone he's not in order to solve the mystery. In his pursuit of truth, he takes on more aliases than the Count of Monte Cristo. In the end, his charm and quick wit put the bad guys in prison and win the affections of the young, beautiful, and rich protagonist. <laughs> if all of life were just like that, Ken. Right? Seriously. This is a fascinating film. On its debut weekend, it came in second behind Rambo First Blood Part 2. Part 2, not even the first one. Not even one. the first one. Exactly. Um Really fascinating because, of course, this was a role for Chevy Chase in which he cites it as his favorite role to play ever. Now, that cuts me to the heart as a as a huge fan of the vacation movies, but we'll get back to that, you know, in a future show. But um, but really, um, it's interesting because, again, much like a, another film that we've talked about, Back to School, where the actor who's playing the lead it's his particular line of and style of comedy that drives the movie. Um, this is the same sort of thing. When they were filming this, they would film a take that followed the script exactly, and then they would do additional takes in which Chevy Chase was encouraged just to be Chevy Chase. And uh, it and as you mentioned, you made reference in in that kind of synopsis. Um, he goes by multiple aliases, and it all started with with Chevy Chase himself looking straight in the eye of one of the other actors and saying that his name was Ted Nugent, and he just rolled with it. <laughs> and so, it's it's great um, because in a way, Chevy Chase is doing what what every kind of high school junior, sophomore, and junior thinks he would like to do in real life. You know, just kind of just roll with whatever smart aleck response he wants and and not care about the consequences. Right, and just say whatever it takes not to get in trouble. <laughs> right, exactly it right. It seems like a lot of his characters in this role yeah. are just trying to explain away and stumbling over words. Yeah, while at the same time, and here's, of course, the interesting thing, he's, a, he's an investigative reporter, and so it's in service to trying to figure the story out, which is itself... You know, kind of interesting because Chevy Chase does seem, you know, as a person to have that wider view of what's going on, you know, in the midst of delivering hilarious comedy. Right. And, you know, of the era, there were some other things in the background fueling many of the filmings of these movies that we won't necessarily talk about in this podcast. But it doesn't seem like he is all ramped up on anything in this particular <laughs> Right. Show it just seems like the most natural state of Chevy Chase just being a total goof, yeah, rolling off the tongue, and that's why I find this a very quotable movie among friends, but kind of hard to ratchet down the quotes that mean anything to anyone who's not one of your best friends. Right, right. Uh, he, 
like you had mentioned about, they probably did a lot of extra takes with improv. His obvious use of improv and throwaway lines make it hard to use them sometimes in coherent or polite conversation. <laughs> right. But we'll do our best. Right. So what are you, some of your favorites? Well, um, for me, key scene, he's in an airplane hangar. And uh, he, he he's trying to you know get a little information about about where the airplane is gone, and he uh, he's asked by the two mechanics who are looking at it, including a rather dim mechanic and uh, a guy who may be kind of onto him. He's like, uh, well, what do you think the problem is? He says, uh, and Fletch leans down. And he's he's kind of has no clue what he's looking at. He says, well, uh, I'm going to need some pliers and a set of thirty weight ball bearings. The guy's like, what? Says, so, yeah, uh, what? Uh, tell you, I got to go to my truck. If Fred gets back before I'm back, you can tell him to start without me. Well, what the hell do you need ball bearings for? He says, oh, come on, guys. It's so simple. Maybe you need a refresher course. It's all ball bearings nowadays. Oh, I use this all the time. In any situation, it's useful when yeah. someone's doing a task and says, hey, how do I find this thing? Oh, come on. It's all ball bearings nowadays. This is one of the. I, this has got to be one of the most oh. used quotes in conversation. Yeah, it's iconic. But the preceding one is a little bit uh, fun too. Where, and again, this was repeated with friends ad nauseum. Uh, Sorry, I'm late, fellas. It's, uh, manure truck jackknifed on the Santa Ana. You should have smelled my shoes. <laughs> he he makes this weird noise with fake <laughs> teeth. But what's funny about the fake teeth is the dim-witted technician are his actual teeth a little bit bigger than the fake ones that Chevy Chase is wearing. <laughs> Should have smelled my shoes. <laughs> that dim-witted technician, by the way, is played by the same actor who played Slim Pickens' dim-witted sidekick in Blazing Saddles. That's played right. Played Lyle. Camptown... <laughs> The ladies, camp town ladies sing this sing song. This song doo-dah. Doodar, doodar. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, one of my favorite character actors, uh, and he's he continues to act today. I mean, it's it's kind of funny, but he's uh, been in a that. lot. But uh, yeah, the the I, I just can't get past it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so good. Well, and then so another one, and that was that was right up my alley. I mean, he's oh, got yeah. so many throwaways, but he rolls in to meet the protagonist, love interest, would be love interest, and. Opens the door, and she's standing there in a towel, and he says, can I borrow your towel? My car just hit a water buffalo, <laughs> which I haven't really ever had the opportunity to use. Right. But I'm Sadly. telling you, that is queued up for whenever I walk into somebody's house with a naked lady in a towel just out of the shower. Yeah. Yep. Why not? I'm not trying to make that happen. <laughs> no, but you are a married man. Happily. If I should ever walk into the situation, I'm ready. I'm ready. Again, have it queued up. Have it queued up. Just before this, we actually, uh, like, he's at the country club, uh, and uh, he sees, you know, some, the Underhills, Mr. Underhill, you know, ch- uh, chewing out a waiter, and so he decides, I'm going to stick it to that guy. So waiter comes up to uh, to Fletch, and he says, would you like some drinks, senor, while you wait? I will put it on the Underhills bill. And Fletch says, oh, yes, uh, very good. I'll have a uh, Bloody Mary, a uh, steak sandwich, and uh, a steak sandwich. <laughs> yes, which... By the way, I used last week at a country club <laughs> during breakfast. Uh, the waiter walks up to me and I said, I'll have a steak sandwich. And he responds instantly with, and a steak sandwich. <laughs> it was amazing. 
So it is out there. People I mean, love this one. But now here's a little you've follow-up You've got to, to imagine, that. by the way, that the waiter at a country club is primed for that in the same way that any caddy at a golf course is primed with any line from Caddyshack. Right. The Caddyshack quotes yeah. at a country club. Why, yeah, why even on. bother not? Yep. But uh, there's also kind of a follow-up when he's ordering lunch a little bit later and says, Oh, do you have any caviar? Si, senor. Beluga. But it is $80 a portion. Well, then I better just take two portions of that. Oh, put it on the Underhills bill? Yes, yes. <laughs> right. Which becomes uh, a tagline for all time. Absolutely. To just, uh, just charge it to the Underhills. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Just very good. Very good stuff. I, I mean, may or may not have been at Roar's last evening. <laughs> and I may or may not have when the bill came. And I was paying with my card, but I was like, oh, there's a line here. I could just write the Underhills. Write the Underhills in room whatever. I don't yeah. know where they stay at, yeah. on campus. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, Fletch, you made reference to Fletch's on, on the run from his, uh, his ex-wife's divorce attorney. And uh, he's narrating. It's like, pull the... <laughs> As I pulled up to my palatial imitation apartment building, I noticed the familiar red Oldsmobuick of Mr. Arnold T. Pants, Esquire, attorney for the former Mrs. Irwin M. Fletcher. Time to use the service entrance. <laughs> now, time to use the service entrance is always a good line when, you, when you're coming up to a situation where you maybe don't want to go in the front door. Maybe you don't want to face this. A good, maybe even if it's even just to yourself, Time to use the entrance and go around. Well, and that whole interaction with him with the... So good. You know, Fletch, we can have your wages garnished. He's like, I can't be having my wages, my wages garnished. <laughs> like, I don't know that that's the particular tense of garnish. <laughs> right, wages, right, right. But I can't be having my wages garnished. Followed up with going through all the junk mail, pulling out the Ed McMahon, which is lost on the kids now. Right. I'm just going to say the Ed McMahon... Ed himself Publisher. is Publisher's Clearinghouse is still a thing. I saw reference to it on Twitter just yesterday. Publisher's Clearinghouse sweepstakes. Yeah, and somebody and somebody mentioning, hey, well, look, Ed McMahon, Irwin M. Fletcher, you may have won. Oh, I lost. <laughs> but that is all our problems may be solved. That is always uh, usable. But here's now, and here's one that again, this you've got to explain this, or you will be totally lost in this situation. Uh. He faints when he sees the spleen. He's in the records room, and the nurses wake him up, and she says, Can I bring you anything, doctor? Uh, yeah. Do you have the Beatles' White Album? Oh, never mind. Just get me a glass of hot fat and bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia while you're out there. Which is the title of a movie. Bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. Like, Entirely this is lost. clearly an improv line. Right. Bring me a cup of hot fat. <laughs> Yes, immediately. This will help my. This will help my fainting spell. Yeah. Bring me a cup of hot fat. Oh. And the head of Alberto Garcia. And the, and a lot of them that I I won't go through because we don't have four hours for this, which I I could easily do. Um, just the interactions with the fake names. Right. That he doesn't know. Like he's got some of them planted. Like Poon. What kind of name is Poon? A uh, Comanche Indian. Or. Uh, Mr. S- who's who's sitting next to me on the airplane? Uh, is it uh, Mr. Uh, Similinen? <laughs> Which also pulls a great line. Oh, for God, dog, dog. He's like, well, no, you booked that seat. What? That doesn't mean I want her sitting next to me. <laughs> right, exactly. Very, he uses very Harry S. Truman. Harry S. Truman. Ted uh, Nugent. Ted Nugent. I think you mentioned that. mentioned, yeah. There's just a lot of good, good names in there. Yeah. Uh, good throwaway lines, improv. What it makes me think of is uh, 
this particular movie, uh, casting Chevy Chase is seems now it seems incredibly obvious, but before Chevy Chase, here were some of the actors that were considered: Burt Reynolds, who might have been able to pull it off, maybe. But to be fair, if yeah. you do any of this internet research, no, I don't want to walk on your research. But Burt Reynolds is mentioned in every movie. As a possible casting. Mainly because he was the guy at the time, though, right. too. I mean, come on. This is a post- Could you imagine how terrible this is? This is a post-stroker ace, Burt Reynolds. This is- <laughs> and Hooper? <laughs> exactly. Mick Jagger, Jeff Bridges, Charles Grodin, and Richard Dreyfus were all at various points, according to the internet, attached to this film. Right. Well, and this is based off a book. It's based on a series of books. Uh, so there was a sequel to this in 1989, Fletch Lives, uh, that... Again, was, you know, like all great sequels, pretty much a flop. Uh, and there's been for years discussion, including with Kevin Smith, who was actually working on it for a number of years, uh, the idea of producing a prequel uh, to the Fletch story so that uh, he... What is he, like a jerky 12-year-old who walks around on a Disney show? Yeah, <laughs> good question, right? There was even some discussion after Kevin Smith dropped from it that uh, that the producer uh, creator of the show Scrubs was going to work on it and have Zach Braff pick up the role. And that, so that would have been a great prequel. Little note of interest that I took on this: uh, Fletch dreams, of course. It's obvious he's he's an L.A. based writer. He dreams of playing on the L.A. Lakers. Literally dreams because we actually see one of his dreams at one point, uh, playing the with the Lakers in their heyday uh, alongside Kareem, who makes himself an appearance, uh, a cameo in the film. Uh, Same that with is, Chick Hearn. I was going to say that is that is as PA work by by the great play by play announcer Chick Hearn. Uh, there is a still photo of. Fletch in a huge Afro wig that continues to make the meme rounds on Twitter. Even this week, I've seen it, you know, memed in in a various in various ways. Um, so, at least references to this continue, even if even if the young people of the day don't necessarily know what they're referring to. Right. Well, and you know, funny enough, on the cutting room floor, wound up a scene where Fletch was actually a pitcher on the Dodgers who gets pulled by Tommy Lasorda, which leads to, in Joe Don Baker's police chief office, him punching the picture of Tommy Lasorda, saying, I hate Tommy Lasorda. And you just think it doesn't really make any sense. Right. You think he's just clearly trying to agitate Chief Carlin. And here it is. There was some actual backstory built in and shot. So, you know, that's a deep cut. But... uh, and who doesn't love a movie with Joe Don Baker? <laughs> Joe Don Baker. It comes back to another actor that that we've talked about in, in another episode, uh, M. Emmett Walsh, the uh, the who plays Doctor Rosen Rosen Ro- uh, Jellyfinger. No, he Do- plays Doctor Doctor Jellyfinger. Jellyfinger. Um, uh, again, a character actor who plays always, you know, usually the same sort of character. Joe Don Baker always is going to be the bad guy in the film. Always, if he's always in it, the. Thick-headed thug. Yep, exactly. And and true to form, I mean, this is no spoiler, he is in this film as well. Right. Tim Mathewson, by the way, so made reference to him. He plays, of course, the rich, the rich millionaire who wants to who wants to hire um, Fletch to kill him, ostensibly because he has bone cancer and doesn't want to suffer. We know him, of course, as Otter from Animal House. Uh, and he is another one of those characters who, when you see him in other things, you're, you're like, where have I seen that guy? He's just kind of handsome, kind of 
you know, in a in a college yuppie boy. way. Yeah, college yeah. boy. Yeah. Uh, he will always be otter to me. <laughs> yeah. Which we probably won't go down the Animal House quotes. Probably not. But hard to do on a family show. Hard to do on a family show, but totally hilarious. Rush Chairman, glad to meet you. <laughs> Very glad to meet you. Uh, he'll always be Otter, the Rush Chairman. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't know what Chevy Chase has done since that. Out Chevy chases this. He plays great goofy dad in the Vacation series, of course. But this is like quintessential, just throwaway lines, smart alecky, snarky. Um, but it is for a cause of good, which I find interesting in this right, show. Right, right. Yeah. You're rooting for him, even though, you know, had to deal with this particular guy, you would not want to be around him. And in that sense, it kind of is a film noir kind of story. The idea of figuring out why is, you know, why am I being hired to do this, this sort of thing. The mystery there is actually kind of interesting. Uh, and it involves, you know, corruption and, and all of the things that go with that. So, And there are some great quotes in there, too, where he says he's being offered $1,000 to come listen to Alan Stanwyck's proposal, who is the rich flyboy. And he's like, for an extra 1000 I'll have dinner with you. <laughs> and then when they get to their house, I'm trying to think it's kind of a famous house from some other... Godfather. From the it's Godfather. It's the Godfather it's the house. the Godfather house. Well, with the of, horse. But of course. Yes. But... Uh, in that shot, he walks up and says, oh, I almost bought this house, but uh, Hopalong Cassidy died here. What? <laughs> He's like, oh, it was a attempted suicide. Bow and arrow. Bow and arrow. It's very strange stuff. Or, th- or just one last one. One last just, one. Please, one last one. Well, you'll have to wear rubber gloves. Do you have rubber gloves? Uh, I rent. Lease, with an option to buy. Lease with an option to buy. Yeah. Oh, I rent them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so what kind of... Jerk says this to somebody. <laughs> but, so what is it about Fletch for you that makes this such a, a, a go-back-to film? Well, it came out in a time when you only had three days on a rental, and it was a big videotape sort of generation. I mean, the, And that kids, was like four ninety nine. dollars Kids don't it. even know what a blockbuster is. Yeah. Right? And we, we had a well, lesser version of that. Uh, incorrect. The ones in Bend, Oregon do, because that's the last blockbuster the on last Earth. The last remaining. And, <laughs> That's probably the last remaining VCRs on Earth as well. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But you would watch these movies, and you'd want to take advantage of seeing them as much as you could. Get your money's worth. And the lines would get stuck in my head, and they just have to come out. And the, <laughs> apparently that's part of the reason we need to do this podcast. But it was such a fun thing to share movie quotes with people and right. the happiness you felt when he was talking himself out of the situation. For me, Fletch is all about the stumbling along some weird words that he's just coming up with ad lib to try and not get taken out or get yeah. thrown in jail or get caught or busted for the information he's looking for. Right. That to me, I feel like my whole life in some way is about the same situations. Yeah. Like asking people information and pretending I know what I'm talking about and making things up along the way. Uh, not for work, per se. <laughs> but I find myself in situations where I don't like to back down, where I know I'm not supposed to be. And I find that Fletch really lightened that up in me and really gives you hope for, you know, I'm not going to be told no by this person. Yeah, I'm not going to be told no by the gate agent that I can't have the information about who's sitting next to me. Those types of things. I think that that's why Fletch is so crammed in my head. The patron saint of the guy who won't back down. 
the patron saint of the guy who will never give up, even though everyone around him knows he's not telling the truth. <laughs> well, it's a great film, Fletch. Um, not necessarily the sequel, just Fletch. Just just watch that one. Just watch Fletch, <laughs> and you'll be so much more conversational, kids. Good luck. <laughs> 